Hey everybody, welcome to episode 27 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and our guest this week, Andrew Novak, is currently ranked number four on the Corn Ferry Tour in terms of overall uh, in-season point standings as well as money earnings. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Andrew captured his first professional victory on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, winning the 2020 LeeCom Suncoast Classic in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. He put together a pair of 66s on the weekend and had a couple birdies coming down the stretch to solidify the victory. On number 17, he made about a 50-footer and uh, coming down the 18th, um, tied for the lead, made a birdie putt on 18 to secure the victory. So super excited to have him on. For those of you that don't know, I'm actually the sales manager for the LeeCom Suncoast Classic. So uh, you know, I'm working to build and grow that tournament. Um, on the professional golf side and working with you know companies and businesses uh, that want to use professional golf as an opportunity to brand their business or entertain clients and those types of things. So uh, met Andrew at the tournament obviously a few weeks ago and connected with him. He was gracious enough to give us some time in between events uh, where he could jump on here and kind of talk a little bit about his victory, um, talks about you know his introduction to golf, uh, a little bit about tournament preparation, some of the other sports he played, and how those helped prepare him for pressure. Um, Andrew turned pro in 2017. He played on the McKenzie Tour, which is the PGA's uh, tour in Canada, uh, and has been on the Corn Ferry Tour for the last couple years. Uh, prior to turning pro, Andrew played his college golf at Wofford College um, and had a really successful career there. Uh, he captured four victories while he was at Wofford, and uh, he became the only player in Wofford College history to qualify for the NCAA regionals twice. Um, Andrew's a super laid-back guy, uh, which really helps him, I think, in his demeanor on the golf course and you know, just keeping his emotions in check, which we'll talk a little bit about too uh, in the interview. But uh, really excited to have him on, really appreciative of his time. And uh, if I could just pause for a second, you know, I just want to thank you guys. I appreciate you tuning in uh, week after week. You know, I'm trying to bring on some guests that are really going to bring you guys value uh, as you're navigating parents, you know, how to help your young players uh, journey in junior golf. And for you young players that are listening, hopefully you can pull away some tips. Um, from some of these folks that we're having on just to, you know, help you with your overall game and your overall development. So thank you very much for tuning in. Um, you know, I ask every week to have you guys share the podcast, to leave a review, um, to connect with me. You know, it's really a way that, you know, I'm able to kind of get some feedback, you know, learn from what we're putting out there and what you guys are looking for so that we can continue to bring more value week after week. So, um, you know, hit me up on social media. We've got some social media pages specifically for Junior Golf Keys on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter. So all of those uh, handles on those platforms are Junior Golf Keys uh, with K-I-E-S. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, sit tight. We'll be right back with our interview with Andrew Novak. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. Uh, my guest this week, Andrew Novak, is currently the number three ranked player on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, just coming off a win in the last tournament that he played in, the 2020 
Lecom Suncoast Classic. Um, pair of 66s on the weekend, birdied 17 and 18, coming down the stretch on Sunday. What's happening, Andrew? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, just talk, chatting before we got started uh, about the wind sinking in. Um, you kind of reflecting about anything from a couple weeks ago, or you know, where's your head at? You know, prep, preparing for the next one. Yeah, I'm just kind of I'm I'm prepping for the next one. Um, yeah, not not getting too crazy over, over the last win. Uh, just kind of proud of how I played down the stretch, but now we're looking forward. Yeah, good deal. Um, can you just kind of, for context, um, just give the audience a little bit of, uh, just kind of walk them through a little bit of your intro to golf and kind of how you got started and um, you played college golf at, at Wofford College. Um, you know, what does that journey look like for you? Yeah, nobody in my family really played golf. So uh, I was introduced to it as a young, at a young age. Um, I guess I was I was young at the time, maybe maybe like three years old. And um, I think it was the Masters was on and my parents had me in the house. And they were out doing something. And I would have been like sitting watching the Masters. But I guess as a young kid, I didn't really watch TV much. Yeah, and they came back in after a while, and I was kind of still watching it, and that you know that sort of surprised them because it was a pretty long period of time for a kid to be just like sitting there watching, right? Um, so my birthday was around the same time, so my uncle ended up getting me a set of plastic clubs. It might, it might not even be a set of clubs; it might have been just like a plastic putter, but okay. I and and some plastic balls. But I'd go out in the yard. I think it was just a plastic putter at the time. And I, I hit this thing, like, full shots with this little <laughs> plastic putter in, in the yard. Yeah. And and I could do that for, like, hours. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of grew up just doing that. I'd, I'd have plastic clubs or something or plastic balls. Eventually, I did get some some metal clubs later on. But it was always just plastic balls in my yard. And it'd always just be one club. It'd be like a, I don't know, whatever the, the equivalent of a seven iron was or something maybe. Yeah. And, uh, and, and my dad – uh, took some flower pots and buried them in the yard. So I had some holes to hit too. And that's, funny. and I just hit around the yard and do that. Um, never really went to the course growing up cause nobody in my family played golf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was pretty much, I was all self-taught there just doing that. Uh, the only thing we would do, I was, I was in Cary, North Carolina at the time. There was a par three course called Knights play, which I think is still there. Um, every once in a while, my dad would take me out there. We'd go play like nine holes or something. Yeah. But I mean, I might've been five or six and it was probably a pretty good match between me and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it was nothing special, but it was fun. I, I, I don't specifically remember it too well, but I know, I know I enjoyed going and doing that. Yeah. Um, and so then we moved to Charleston when I was probably, I guess I was either seven or eight years old. Um, I, mean, I still would hit balls around the house, but no, wasn't doing a whole lot as far as actually playing golf. Every once in a while, I'd maybe do a clinic or something. And then uh, I guess seventh grade rolled around, and in South Carolina, in seventh grade, you're allowed to try out for the high school team. Okay. Uh, so I'm not really sure why, but I decided that was something I wanted to do. Hmm. Um, 
had some clubs of some sort. Yeah. And uh, went out and I think I shot. I don't know. I didn't break 50. Um, yeah. And <laughs> coach cut me, which understandably so. <laughs> um, but I was kind of hooked on it. And I, I kind of decided right there I wanted to, I wanted to actually start working on it a little bit. And so I guess that was in about February. And we talked to local coach at the time, uh, Scott Rosenthal, who I still work with to this day. Oh, wow. And he, uh, he says <laughs> at first he was kind of skeptical. He's like just starting straight out with lessons is not exactly normal. Usually you kind of go through like for a kid to do it, you go through a clinic, see how you enjoy it before you start just really jumping in for the whole individual lessons thing. So I right. went, aimed in the clinic, and, and just I was I was loving it. And so we started working together. And uh, he, I mean, I'd never had any any teaching, so um, my uh, I had de- I was decent with the whole chipping and putting because I could just. That was all feel, which is what I'd always had. I just had no idea how to swing a golf club. So once I started working with him, it really – he helped me quickly. and My scores dropped quickly. Um, I think by by eighth grade, I think I went out in qualifying, and I think I shot like a 42 one day. Okay. And he, but I, he still cut me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. I got cut both years from that high school, so I ended up going to a different high school. So. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, uh, you um, kind of dig in a little bit to like when you started working with you said Scott was your coach's name, right? Right. When you guys started working together, and I guess this is, you know, there's some coaches that tune into this also, and just some, you know, parents that are looking for coaches for their kids. Do you remember, like, if you can reflect back at all, and it might be tough to, you know, recall specifics, but do you, do you remember what you guys like worked on and how he got you introduced or not introduced, but just energized about the game. It sounded like he had a passion for it, but you know, he was, I think probably a pretty good catalyst and, you know, moving you forward. So, so basically, I mean, he had to change everything. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's exactly a point, but it just, I loved, it. I mean, I would be out there, Every day after school, I'd be out there on Saturdays because it actually, I will say this, this wasn't exact. It wasn't specifically something. Well, I guess it was something that he did because he kind of set it up and he loved running them. But there was a couple other players at the time, maybe more than a couple. There, I mean, there's probably four or five of us um, that were all juniors at the time. And he was working with us all. So every, like Saturday morning, that would be the group day. So okay. all of us would go show up on on saturday morning and we'd be there for a few hours just all practicing together but we all became good friends sure so it just it ended up being this fun thing that we got to do where we'd all just kind of go and work with him at that time and and we really we had a good time doing that i think all all of us playing at the same time all of us working with him we were all just kind of pushing each other and just just playing together and, and and i think that was a huge help Having yep. other people there kind of enjoying the journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you probably, you know, have little competitions against each other and make it fun. And Oh, uh, absolutely. And I, I'm like one of the most competitive people there is. So it was, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was fun. Good deal. Um, 
So when did you get into playing? So did you make – so you got cut the seventh and eighth grade? Is that what you said? And then did you yeah. made the team your freshman year? Yeah, I went. I ended up going to uh, a different high school um, okay. in, in Charleston. I went to Academic Magnet instead of Wando. Um, and, yeah, I, I played all four years there. But by ninth grade, I mean, I was shooting – I was shooting in the third. I mean, I probably – I shot under par at some point in time. Okay. Then, so, I mean, I went from not really breaking 100 to – I could shoot under par in almost two years. No, this, this is from, like, the up tees and stuff. But Sure. Still. Well, I mean, you're a big sports guy. I think I've, I've, I've read that. Where you, you played multiple yeah. sports growing up. What do you think kind of contributed – I talk about this a lot on the show is – multi-sport athletes and just the transferable skills from other sports and how it can accelerate, um, you know, the growth in golf just from being an athlete. Um, how, how did that play a part in you kind of, you know, diving into golf and, you know, picking it up fairly quickly? I mean, honestly, to, to, to get the shoot under par and just a few years of taking it seriously is, you know, that's a, that's a really big feat. Yeah. I, I I played a bunch of uh bunch of sports growing up, but my mom was a soccer player, my dad was a basketball player, so those kind of the two main ones I was playing. Okay. Uh, basketball was the last sport I gave up to play golf, and I think just the competition of it was great. Um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I mean, I kind of miss it at times, but um, I do think it helped uh, prepare me. Yeah. Uh, also, also playing those team sports in front of crowds and stuff was good. Okay. Uh, I love playing in front of crowds. I play. I play some of my best golf in front of crowds. Like if I have people there watching. Yep. That that I tend to play well. Um. <clears throat> it just I don't know. I mean, there was a good amount of people there on seventeen and eighteen coming down the stretch and yeah, for sure executed. I just I don't know what it is, but I like playing in front of crowds. I like. You know, people cheering for me. I like getting them excited, especially, you know, they do they do a bunch of those on tour, whereas we, you know, if you make a birdie, everybody gets a dollar beer or something. So everybody's, yep. you know, rooting you on or something. You want to you wanna make that birdie for them. Yeah, you dropped so, what, like a 50-footer on 17, and everybody got it, their dollar beers. <laughs> exactly. I didn't, I didn't even know that they were still doing that. Though. Oh. <laughs> actually, yeah. So, so yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, it's – I don't know. I think – that might come from from playing those sports where you did. I mean, in, in basketball, playing for my school team, um, you know, there was – we're not talking big crowds at all, but it was still playing in front of people. They're still out there cheering for you. So, I think I think some of that might lead to how I am now. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know, we talk about simulating pressure. You know, I mean, golf's one of those games where, you know, you play a majority of it in your head. Right. I mean, you're out there for four and a half hours. You're probably executing shots for three minutes out of that time. And the rest of the Mm -hmm. time you spend in your head. So it's like, you know, it's a very mental game. How can you simulate pressure? Um, And it's interesting. I've not heard that perspective from somebody that's played multiple sports talking about, um, you know, how other sports could kind of help with that aspect of it, but it makes complete sense. Right. Um, so then do you move into, did you play much like ranked junior golf outside of high school golf or what did that look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I played, I played a bunch of amateur golf, obviously, 
um, I was not great. Didn't get in a bunch of tournaments earlier on uh, in high in high school. Yeah, but as I got older, I started uh, qualifying for some tournaments and playing well. And I think by junior year, I started playing some AJGAs, uh, and then uh, I got there's a big uh, junior tournament called the Bobby Chapman. Uh, which is in South Carolina. Uh, it's actually at my grandparents' home course and Wofford home course where I played in college. Okay. Actually, I finished second there, and I finished – I don't know. I had another top ten at a tournament called the Scott Robertson, which – Oh, yeah. That's a big is one. Is in Virginia. Yeah. So, I actually – I was ranked quite high. I was ranked, I think, in the polo rankings. I was in the 30s. Okay. And golf week, I was – maybe in the fifties. Okay. Um, so I was getting in all the AJGA invitationals. I played the Rolex. I played, uh, the foot joy, the polo. I don't even know if these are called this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, polo but, is uh, for sure. I'm not sure about foot joy, but, uh, and Scott Robertson definitely is, is still yeah. around. <clears throat> yeah. The, the foot joy was in Sedgefield. Okay. Uh, I played the HP one that was in Houston. It was, I played a bunch of them. Um, yeah. played a lot of, a lot of top events. I never qualified for us junior. Okay. There was there was there was too many good players in South Carolina when I was coming up. Man. Yeah. Was, oh, those those qualifiers were brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what was the difference for yeah, you but, between high school golf and and these junior ranked tournaments? We I talk a lot about that. Just there's a lot of parents out there and, and kids that are wondering, like, you know, what should I be playing in? Um, you know, do I need to play for my high school team? Do college coaches really look at that? Um, you know, do I need to be highly ranked? You know, those types of things. Like, what are your thoughts on that stuff? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I had one of the most bizarre recruitments. I mean, like I said, I was ranked top 50 in, in the right. world in junior rankings. I got one offer. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I Wofford. That was, that was my only offer. Okay. Um, Notre Dame coach called me for, I don't know, he called me and then two days later called me and said the spot had been taken. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I really, I, I had one offer. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what the college coaches look at. I think, I think the big key, I, I don't know if they're still doing it now. They had the coaches have players lined up so far in advance. It's kind of because I got into the game a little later, sure. I wasn't, I wasn't a top 50 player as a freshman. Yep. But I mean, players are still developing at that time. So hopefully, hopefully the coaches have kind of stopped going too far deep as far as picking out kids too far in advance. Yeah. Um, so some of these kids that develop a little later actually get some opportunities. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it was also kind of weird in South, in South Carolina at the time. We had multiple just incredible classes. Yeah. So all the local schools had kind of filled up. Uh, we had two years – or the year before me, we had uh, Cody Prevost and Matt Neesmith, right. who were like one, two in the country. And then my year, we had Carson yeah. Young, who was like number three in the country. So it was just – like the local schools, like Clemson and South Carolina, yeah. had kind of filled up taking these guys. Um, and so there was a bunch of us cause my class was so deep too. There was a bunch of us who were really good players that ended up going to smaller schools. And I, I, you could see, um, 
you could see kind of how much success a bunch of us had from my class. Yeah. And it's interesting. So like there's a big international audience in this podcast too. And, uh, you know, I used to recruit at a junior Academy, um, junior players from all around the world to come in for the program. And I think there's a big misconception of like, there's these top like five schools. And if you don't go to those, you're never going to play on tour and like, but it's just not true. And so I think for the families, you know, that are listening and, you know, the parents that are, you know, maybe worried about for lack of better ways of saying it, putting a, you know, bumper sticker on the back of the Tahoe, you know, that says, you know, my kid goes to XYZ school uh, just for your friends and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's not necessarily the, the best thing for that kid. I mean, you can see there's tons of people like yourself that have gone to schools that maybe aren't known as golf powerhouse schools historically that have great success uh, coming out. I mean, you, uh, you set some records at Wofford, right? I mean, you were, you qualified for regionals twice. Um, you won four tournaments there, um, you know, set some records for lowest tournament uh, total uh, scoring and stuff like that. So, you know, can you kind of talk about, just maybe just the importance of finding school that's the right fit for you versus, you know, an actual name, you know, that, that people are concerned with. Absolutely. No, I I completely agree with you. Um, I think golf especially is one where you don't have to go to one of the top schools because maybe in another sport, so if you're playing football, or basketball, it actually is good to play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So you're playing that level of competition. Golf, it's nice to play that level of competition, but you're not really playing the mm-hmm. competition. You're playing the golf course. So you can get better playing at a smaller school or playing at a so-called weaker school by just uh, – you're playing the golf yeah. course. So just get better at playing golf. And and the competition level kind of yeah, doesn't that's a great necessarily point. affect that as much uh, as another sport might. So, I mean, there are some fantastic players on the Corn Ferry Tour yeah. that went to schools smaller than Wofford, um, just because these guys, they, you know, they they were in school and even just out of school, they're just working on their games. Uh, you don't you don't have to go to Oklahoma State or Alabama to yeah. <clears throat> turn into and like you were a saying, great professional I mean, player people peak at different times. Right. And, you know, I, I have had some high level college coaches on uh, the podcast and, you know, we've talked about their recruiting processes and stuff like that. And they are, they're looking way out in advance, but they're also looking for, I guess you'd call uh, diamonds in the rough, you know, people that peak or bloom a little bit later. Um, And so, you know, those opportunities do happen for some players uh, to go to some of those bigger schools if that's what they want to do. But, I mean, there's over 1,200 schools across the country that have men's golf programs. And, you know, the main goal is just to get in and play, right? Right. Well, that's, that's, and that's the big key. You, right. you don't want to just be sitting on the bench for four years. I mean, that was the great thing with me and Walford. I was able to play. Yeah. All, I didn't miss a tournament in four years. I, played, I went and played every single tournament all yeah. four years. It was, it was perfect for me. And, and I don't want to get it wrong about the whole I only got one offer thing. I mean, sure. I am so glad yeah. I went to Wofford. It was the greatest thing for me. Uh, I mean, I, after a couple of years or after my junior I could have transferred, I guess. I could have tried to go to a bigger school, but That's cool. I never would have done that. I loved where I was. So it yeah. just 
Yeah. It's fine. So what the were right some fit, of those things that sure. stood out to you at Wofford that made it the right fit for you? Right. I mean, so I knew I wasn't getting exactly, I mean, nobody, not everybody was all over me. So I was just looking for some th- simple things. I wanted, I wanted a good practice facility, like a good range, which Wofford had. We have this nice big range. I mean, you hit from both sides. It, it really is a nice setup. Um, and then I just wanted a decent golf course. They absolutely have that. Country Club uh, Spartanburg yep. is fantastic. They have Bobby Chapman there. Um, it's not, it's not the longest course, but it's a good test. It really, it definitely helped get my wedge game right. And, and I was able yep. to, yep. to really improve playing it. So it was, it yeah, worked it out perfect. Absolutely. I mean, you're, <clears throat> you're in your third year as a professional, um, you turned pro in 2017 and talk a little bit about the route that you took turning pro with the McKenzie tour. Yeah, I, uh, I turned pro. Uh, well, actually I did. Uh, they allow you to do Q school as an amateur. So okay. I actually went during my senior year, um, went up to Canada, did, did, Q school for that. Uh, that was a bit of a mess. Yeah. I missed a whole week of school for that. And I got there three days in advance and my clubs didn't get in until midnight before the first oh, round. Wow. Didn't get a single practice round in or anything. Um, <laughs> but managed to just limp around the course for even the first day. And then had three solid rounds yeah. after that, after I figured out what I was doing and, uh, ended up finishing, I don't know. I, I finished probably top 10. I got, I got, yeah status or whatever it was um so i ended up playing there all summer i started i started great i had i made like the first four cuts um finish i don't know probably a couple top 20s um so i was doing well and then i just like missed every single cut coming really? in i <laughs> i thought i got the driver yips um I, I hit i would hit a driver and it would go off the planet like every time and I couldn't figure it out I legitimately thought I had the driver yips found out after the first round of the last tournament of the McKenzie tour oh, season wow. that my driver was cracked I had no idea I never cracked a driver before and I just like had played seven tournaments wow. with a cracked, cracked driver cracked and just thought I had the driver yips felt like it wow. felt like it yeah yeah it was it was one of those uh well I'm not gonna call them out but it was a okay the, the driver had a black face and so it was hard to see. I mean, it was it was not cracked on top, which is easier to see, or anything like that. It was on the face, right. just kind of. It was tough to see, and and I just yeah. I wasn't looking for it and didn't see it. Um, looking back, it was like pretty obvious. Yeah, there like there was something going on. Figured that one out, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I just I thought I had the driver yips, and once I found that out, it was like the greatest thing because I had like first stage of Q school, like not too much later after that tournament, all I'd been shooting was like, you know, 74 plus. Right. Basically. I was like whole mess, but I was able to go into first stage with kind of the mindset of, well, none of it was my fault. Every bad shot I hit all summer was not my <laughs> fault. It was the driver's fault. So it kind of, it kind of gave me some like false confidence. So I ended up going out and playing great at first stage. Um, doing that, got through second stage and, uh, managed to get some conditional status on on Corn Ferry and yeah, 
Been out uh, here for three years. We just picked up your first win a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know you're you're ranked in the mm-hmm. or you're ranked third right now in the point standings. So, um, and just for those of you that are listening that don't know, so uh, what happens at the end of the year? Uh, the top 25 players uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour earn their PGA Tour status. Um, and then there's another 50 uh, conditional spots at the end of the year for the finals events. Um, so, you know, you're on a pretty good path so far for the first of the year. I mean, you had some nice um, – I think you missed the first cut in the Bahamas, but uh, since then you've, you've had a nice little run. That's all right. Um, Sorry, I lost. I was you. saying that you know, you, I think you missed the first cut in the Bahamas, but uh, since then you've had a nice little run. Yeah, I missed missed uh, Exumo. It's just it was it was low yeah. and hard. I just didn't get off to a good start there. I missed Panama, but I played pretty well in Panama. Just didn't quite didn't quite get it all done. But the, the other yeah. three tournaments were fantastic finishes. So really yeah, happy with well, with how I've been playing um, so far. You know, I'm super excited for you. You're on a on a good path, and uh, you know, hopefully, we don't see you back next year at the at the Lee Com tournament. Love to have you back, but uh, hopefully, you're on your path to uh, to earning your tour card. So <laughs> yeah. that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, can you let's talk yeah, a little definitely. bit about tournament preparation? And uh, you know, I got to witness a little ceremony with you after you picked up the win a couple weeks ago. Uh, where you came up with a hashtag or maybe even your caddy did of uh, worst to first. Um, and you were talking about how you finished last year in the Lecom tournament and then came back and won it this year. So um, I kind of just want to talk about how you prepare for tournaments. And then you seem like a very even keel, uh, keep your composure, not getting too high, not getting too low kind of a guy. And, you know, that's tough to do sometimes. So can you kind of talk to this group of, you know, just the young players about, you know, how you're able to do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I had to work to get like that. I was not always like that. Um, I still am pretty emotional. I just try and keep it in check as best as possible. And, and when I can try and use it a little bit to my advantage, um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely something I had to work at. Um, it helped. I, you know, my parents didn't let me get angry or throw clubs and stuff growing up. Like that was never going to fly. So I always had a base with that. Like, I mean, you're just that's not that's not okay to do. But uh, yeah, to just developing like managing your emotions on the course is definitely a massive thing, and it's one thing that is. You know, it's very difficult to do it at a young age that yeah. you kind of can develop just over time. Um, it was something I, I think my college coach tried to help me with a good bit in college. And then just just being out here on tour, just recognizing how how so so many of these good players go about doing it. it just it's something you can kind of pick up on and, and really. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it, like it a work in progress, help. but I mean, is it? anything specific like related related to routines or you know is there anything that you try to do to um you know any key things that like you hit a bad shot and you just you know 
react a certain way or let yourself, you know, let yourself be mad or excited about it. And then you kind of move past it, having a, you know, sort of a short memory or what does that look like? Yeah, I do think it's more of a short memory thing. Um, I can be, I'll be, you know, I, I'll be frustrated after a shot or something, or if I hit a bad putt or miss something, I'll, you know, I might be talking to my caddy about it or just sure. venting basically. But, you know, we get to, we get to coming up to that next shot or where we're about to start thinking about that next shot. It'll just be like, all right, let's get back yeah. to it or something. You know, let's, let's lock back in. Like, all right, let's get it back right here. That's that's a that's kind of a big thing. I like, I really kind of try okay. and pride myself on, on bouncing back. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So, it's just understanding when to let something like that go, uh, so it doesn't sure. start, you know, snowballing and, and, yeah. and truly so, affecting your own. Um, what does your process look like for preparing for an event? Um, you know, you guys are playing week in and week out. So, you know, sometimes you have a little break like you do right now, um, where you've got a couple weeks off, um, but then you're back at it, you know, you're grinding right now, getting ready for the next one. Um, what does that look like week after week, you know, kind of retooling and assessing, you know, where you were and where your areas of improvement were and then moving forward. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That was, that was kind of one of the biggest things I had to learn, um, coming out here or coming out on tour, it's just how to prepare each week. Uh, it's kind of nice now. Uh, it's a little, little easier now because I've played yeah. most of the courses we play. Uh, so I'm familiar with them. So um, now, right now, my kind of the way I'm going about it, it, it does depend a little on the week. I think we're coming up to the stretch in the season right. where we do the nine and nine pro-ams. So it'll be like one guy plays nine holes and then you kind of pass yep. it off to another pro. He plays like the other nine, which is kind of nice, kind of cool. Every uh, the, the AMs get to play with two different pros and the pros are only out there. Right. You know, right. we're not out there for five plus hours uh, on Wednesday, but it's, it's nice. You know, I'll get, I'll get there on Monday. I might, you know, depending on how early I can get there. Um, and I'll just get out there and just try and get the green speed. I'll go putt, might go hit a few balls. I'm not going to do anything too crazy on Monday. Monday's kind of – it's your travel day, but it's kind of supposed to be your, like, decompressed day. You just – yeah. I, I try and I try and get some rest. But I, I will I will get out there and, and just try and pick up on the green speeds. And then maybe go out, practice, do all that, play, like, one nine on on Tuesday, whichever nine I'm not playing on Wednesday, and then I'll, I'll get yeah. the other nine in, in the Pro-Am on Wednesday. Um, it, if I know the course well, I, I I have a pretty good memory. I just it's kind of something my boys naturally had, so I can pick up on. I mean, I'll, I'll remember the stuff pretty much right away. It's just getting getting the sight lines back, basically, and just try to make sure that I'm still committed to whatever yeah. uh, my strategy is going to be on the whole. Um, it's it's just understanding where to be and, and where to hit, hit the shots into the pins. And um, my caddy is also a big help in that. Just kind of right. so, I planning mean, our way around the course. Rounds, sometimes I see juniors out there, um, you know, almost like the practice round is the first round of the tournament. You know, they're, they're keeping, you know, score and paying really close attention to that. And, 
you know, can you talk a little bit about what a practice round is designed to do um, and kind of how you go about actually playing a practice round? Yeah, so there, there's kind of two different ways you can do it, two different uh, philosophies on it. One is that you play it like a true practice round um, where you would be just, you know, dropping some balls in some places, hitting extra shots. Uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, tournaments may limit on what you can right. do, but you, hitting some chips around the greens, hitting a bunch of extra putts, hitting, hitting shots to where you think the pins will be, which I will do that a good bit. <laughs> but there's also something to be said okay. about going out and playing a match, um, having a couple guys and, and competing. It's, it can be useful. Um, I've had some of my best weeks where I've yeah. actually been out and just played a match, just trying to get some of the competitive stuff going. Um, I likely, when I get to Louisiana, I'll be absolutely looking okay. for a match on, uh, on Tuesday because I mean, I have, I wouldn't have played in, uh, com- sure. I mean, I'll have matches here at home, but, It'll be it'll be good to try and get some sense of a competitive feel on on sensing the lines off the tee. I mean, you that's it's kind of an underrated thing, but having some pressure on you while you're trying right. to hit a line off off a certain tee box can be a lot more different than just in a practice round. No, I can just right, drop right. ball and, and hit this tee shot again. Um, but yeah, it's I'll, I'll mix it up with with the two of them. It's kind of for me, it's it's a bit of a feel call. Like, what what do I feel? It, it, do I need the most? If I've been struggling with some putting recently, um, I'll usually try and get in a match because I want to force myself okay to have some pressure putts. I want I want to see how I can react to to having some pressure putts, specifically some yeah. of those you know four or five six footers. It's hard to mimic that pressure without situations like that. So I'll try and put yeah. myself in uncomfortable spots um, just to see if I can can improve that. But then other times, like if it is my first time out at a golf course, I would typically lean towards more of a true practice round so I can get the most out yeah, of that's it what I was from say. learning the course. Yeah, I was going to say too, if like that makes time. sense because, you know, if, if you have played a specific course, you know, several times and you feel comfortable with it, then that can kind of drive it, right? Right. Right. Like, I, yeah, I, I played at Lafayette last year, so I'm familiar with that right. course. So I've got no problem just kind of going out and and playing yeah. a match doing that. I, I know the course. So, yeah, if, if it is your first time at a course, it would definitely be more of right. we need to learn what we can yeah. here. So taking it back to like juniors, you know, they um, – and it sounds like you did too, you know, played a lot of the same tournaments year after year. Um, you know, how important is that, do you right. think? Because, I mean, you know – once you I think in college, you maybe don't have as much control over that because you're playing in tournaments that are, you know, set up by coach and the school and stuff like that. But as a junior player and as a professional, um, you know, you can kind of shuffle that around a little bit um, and and play some of the same courses, especially on tour, because those stop, stops are laid out already for you. Right. Um, but how important is mm-hmm. that for young players or how can that kind of help them in terms of, you know, just being comfortable coming back to the same place every year? Yeah, I think it's huge. It's just, I mean, if you look at, I'll say, if you look at college tournaments, look at, look at the, 
how home teams right. typically do on their home courses. I mean, it definitely, it definitely helps. I mean, think about if you're playing junior tournaments in, in your own area um, at courses you're familiar with, you get to sleep in your own bed, of course you're comfortable. It's just, it's definitely helpful to, to have that course knowledge because it, it makes the fairway seem wider. You know, the lines yeah, better and, sure. and you know, the greens better. It's massive. So it's definitely an advantage coming back to places that you're familiar with. It just, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, it kind of frees you up. Yeah. It just, you sure. just, you have that a little bit sense. higher level. of um, I want to ask you about role models or mentors, coaches, anybody that just has played a super significant role, uh, obviously your golf coach instructor um, that you were talking about has, cause you've been with him for a long time, but um, anybody else, maybe even just outside of the game uh, that's just kind of been, you know, a good sounding board or a good, you know, resource for you, you know, as you've continued to develop your career. Yeah, I've had, I've had a bunch of people. I mean, all of my coaches, my high school coach, uh, Jason Stackhouse and my college coach, Vic Lipscomb, like they were obviously very helpful. Um, Not so much, you know, swing wise, but just, just kind of learn from them and, and, and just, seeing how they go about it and just kind of getting – they were both super laid-back coaches in the sense that it was kind of, it kind of helped because, like I said, at first I was pretty emotional about it, and they, they were good at kind of just yeah. calming me down a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, off the course, I mean, I've had I've had so many people help me with, with my game. I mean, I got, you know, fitness trainers and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, outside the game, I mean, yeah, just kind of my parents, I guess, as just sure. being a great support group for me. Um, they were always – I mean, unfortunately, you do see it where there's there's some of the helicopter parents, some of the overbearing parents in junior golf, and um, they were – my parents were fantastic. Now, it probably wasn't too hard for them because they had right. basically no background in golf at all. Um, but they they were just so supportive of me and they didn't exactly know what they were supposed to be doing, but, you know, through Scott, my coach helping and just talking to other people, I mean, they kind of, people helped us along the way, like, Hey, you should play in this tournament or you should sign up for this or, and they were always just super great about helping me, um, get to the tournaments and be in the best yeah. position to yeah, succeed. Yeah, it's such an important dynamic between the parents and the young players. Um, you know, I've talked about it before on here, and you bring up the term helicopter parent. Um, you know, I've seen that a bunch. And sometimes it is parents like yours that don't have any knowledge, but just, you know, want to be super on top of everything, um, which can be kind of detrimental sometimes because if they don't really know what they're talking about, um, yeah. you know, I think kids at a young age are impressionable and uh, strive to please people. And I think if you've got, you know, parents saying one thing and coaches saying, you know, another thing and, you know, it can get confusing for a kid, right. You know, to not really know yeah. who to listen to. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It was, it's kind of funny. My, uh, my dad is actually caddy for me a bunch and he has an incredible, like we have a really good record whenever he caddies for me. And it's, it's kind of funny. Cause like I remember in junior golf, there was like, 
there was like some tournaments where it'd be like you're pa- like oh, you right. can have a caddy, yeah. but it can't be a parent or something. And I always thought that was kind of funny because my dad is like such a good caddy because he has <laughs> no input whatsoever and he knows it. He just kind of like he, he you know he'd keep up and he'd give me like a good job or like you know yeah. just like some sort of encouragement, but it was. It was very minimal input, so I loved having him on the bag and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it it sure. was kind of for funny sure. to see something. Like um, any other advice that you would give to uh, just parents of junior golfers uh, uh, or junior players themselves just about, you know, kind of going through this journey of, you know, <clears throat> getting better at their game, trying to find a college to play at? You know, it's a small percentage of guys that make it professionally. Um, you know, but if you've got that dream and chasing it, I mean, is there anything that you would share with, with those groups that we haven't really talked about? Yeah. I mean, it's just the game of golf is incredible. Um, it can take you some incredible places. Um, just enjoy it for sure. Um, as far as, as far as the college thing, just, you know, play and play as much as you can. Um, try and yep. try and start some relationships with those coaches, emails, whatever you can. Um, and and you know, if you can play yep, well yep, enough, you're definitely sure. you're going to get a shot somewhere. Um, so just be persistent with it. If it's if it's something you want to do, absolutely. Don't don't feel like you're being rude reaching out to whoever, anybody. I mean, I I sent out. I don't know at least probably 50 different emails, different coaches, just, you know, be persistent. Just, just, just stay in their ear and, and somebody will eventually yeah, recognize yeah. if you're playing some good golf. So, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. if it's something you want to do, just go for it. It's, it's absolutely, it's an incredible, it's an incredible game and, and it's been well worth. Yeah. Well, it's been fun to learn about your I've journey played. and, uh, you know, meet you this year and, uh, you know, watch you pull off a, a pressure putt on 18. And, you know, after you made the one on 17, that was just pretty cool, um, you know, to kind of watch your demeanor and, you know, how you how you carried yourself on that final putt. Um, I was up in the Lecom box and had an opportunity to watch you, uh, you know, take a couple extra looks at that one. And I think you even said something about it. I tried not to spend too much time on it and, just, you know, ice myself. But, uh, you know, you got up there and knocked it in. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pretty special um, all right. Well, I want to move towards wrapping up and something I started a couple months ago was kind of flipping the script at the end and giving the guests an opportunity to just fire something back at me, a question. So uh, may catch you a little bit off guard, but I've gotten some feedback from, um, you know, some of the parents and players that are listening to uh, the podcast that, you know, it'd be interesting if I, you know, shared some different stuff about, me. So, um, I don't know if anything jumps out to you or not, but you got any questions for me? Um, sure. Uh, so how, how many juniors have you worked with? I mean, just, you were saying you, you kind of did the academy or recruiting uh, for the academy at least? IMG Academy in, in Florida for, yeah, about three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I recruited uh, there for three years, and there's probably about uh, 
140 players in the golf program there. And so I was the student athlete advisor for the golf program, which was a little bit of a fancy way of saying I recruited the players. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, hundreds, I would say over three years, you know, that I reached out to and yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun for me. It is. It's, that's quite yeah, the it's, athletic it's program a, they got uh, running a down there. Wild place. Have you been out there? I got, I got some pretty good. No, I mean, I'm super familiar with uh, basketball. Yep. Well, mainly football, I guess. But, I mean, they've got so many incredible yeah, sure. players I coming did... through now. That's cool. So. Yeah, I read I'm, something I'm about familiar um, with the name, so. you wanting to coach football. Is that accurate? Yeah. That, Where does that, that is, come from? That is did you play growing accurate. up, obviously? Yes. I played a little bit. Um, it, I was – yeah, I mean, I played a little bit. It wasn't. I'm. Yeah, I don't know if playing was for me, but I love the game so much, and I I watch it as a fan, but also kind of analytically. I love. Yeah, I love the whole strategy of it, um, and it's something I absolutely would be into doing down the road at some point. In time. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that we covered some things today that you know, can really help, you know, some players and some parents that are out there trying to figure out how to make the best decisions for their path. And, um, you know, super happy for you and your win. Congrats again um, on LECOM. And, you know, yeah, we'll be following along. Um, yeah, thank you. You know, like I said, hopefully we don't see you back at LECOM next year um, and you've had an opportunity to <laughs> to earn your card for the PJ Tour. So uh, good luck the rest of the season. And, um, you know, let me know if there's ever anything I can do for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Thank man. You. Hope I was able to help. Right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Well, that wraps up episode 27 of Junior Golf Keys with Andrew Novak, the Corn Ferry Tours, Lecom Suncoast Classic Champion for 2020. Uh, really appreciative of Andrew's time, you know, taking some time to talk to us between events. Uh, so Andrew, thank you and good luck the rest of the season in your quest to earn your PGA Tour card. Uh, wish you the best of luck and thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. As I always ask, if you've taken any value away from the show, please share it. Please leave a review. Jump in the comments on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, send me an email at juniorgolfkeys at gmail. Um, just would really love to gather some feedback from you so we can continue to make this show better and better each week, uh, bringing more value to you guys as you navigate your junior golf journey. So uh, really appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.